Hello, this is David Nakao Wilcoxon. This audio is from a Revelation Timeline Decoded YouTube video series that I made in 2021. The videos were very low tech, mostly me reading what's on the screen, so you're not missing much in the audio version. The Revelation layers chart and summary PDFs that I refer to in the videos can be found at www.revelationtimelinedecoded.com. Enjoy the lesson. Hello, Set Apart Saints. This is David. In this video, I'm going to talk about the iron clay feet of Daniel 2. If you haven't done so, I recommend watching the previous videos in this Revelation series so that the explanation is in context. If you want more information about the fulfillment of Revelation, the Revelation Timeline Decoded book provides it in detail. I've included a link in the video description. This Revelation video series, like the chapters in my book, show how prophecy is fulfilled on the timeline. In the last 10 videos, I've shown you the transition from the Roman emperors to the popes as the ruler over the fourth beast kingdom of Daniel, the Roman beast kingdom. The Revelation 13 Antichrist Beast Popes of Rome video shows you that the popes reigned in civil and ecclesiastic power for 1260 years from 538 to 1798. So that's where we're at on the timeline in regard to the explanation. In the 6th century, when the popes were given power, the iron legs of the statue in Daniel 2 point to the western and eastern divisions, the Latin-speaking western Roman Empire based in Rome, and the Greek-speaking eastern Roman Empire based in Constantinople. And here we see a visual of the fulfillment of the four beast kingdoms of Daniel 2 and Daniel 7, so Babylon, represented by a lion. Medo-Persia, represented by a bear, Greece, represented by a leopard, and the Roman Empire, which is represented by a fierce beast. And that leads us to the iron clay feet of the statue. We've seen how the first four trumpet judgments were against the western part of the empire, and the last western Roman emperor, the restrainer of 2 Thessalonians 2, was removed from power in 476 AD, which led to the Antichrist beast popes taking civil and ecclesiastic power over the Roman beast kingdom. So as we move forward, keep in mind the mission of the Antichrist, to deceive people with false religious beliefs. Here's the narrative of Daniel 2, 41-43. And whereas thou saw the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou saw the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou saw iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. But they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. The iron in the feet still points to the Roman beast kingdom, but they join with another people group referred to as miry clay. The key words in Daniel 2, 41-43 to focus on are mixed and mingle. And the Bible gives us the definition, so we need not speculate about the meanings. The Strong's Aramaic word for both mixed and mingle is Arab. That word is not found anywhere else in Scripture, as this passage was originally written in Aramaic, which is closely related to Hebrew. When we do a word study, we see that the Aramaic word 6151 Arab corresponds to the Hebrew words that describe the mixing of the Arab race. Aramaic word 6151 corresponds to the Hebrew word 6148, again Arab with the mark in front of it, which means to braid, to intermix, to mingle, matching up with our prophecy. So isn't that what the iron and clay are doing? Intermixing, mingling together? Hebrew word 6150 is a primitive root identical with 6148, which signifies dusk to be darkened. 6152 is a derivative of 6150, and it signifies an Arab from Arabia. Hebrew word 6154, Arab, 
is derived from 6148. It signifies a web of cloth, also a mixture or mongrel race, and especially the people of Arabia, a mingled people or mixed multitude. Hebrew word 6163. Arabi signifies an Arabian or inhabitant of Arabia. We can see a clear link of the words mixed and mingled with the Arab people. Now let's look at the story of the words miry clay. When I think of potter's clay, I think of Jeremiah 18.6, when the father is talking to the tribes of the house of Israel. Says, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Saith the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hands, so ye are in my hand, O house of Israel. When I think of miry clay, I think of the Ishmaelites, who were born of Abraham's seed when he mixed with a foreigner, an Egyptian bondwoman named Hagar. Two great nations were made through Abraham, the twelve tribes of Israel through Jacob Israel, who had twelve sons, and that of Ishmael, who also had twelve sons. And we can see the verses in Genesis 12 and Genesis 17. And the interesting part is about Ishmael. It says, And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes he shall beget, and I will make him a great nation. So the twelve tribes of Israel are the clay, and the descendants of Ishmael's twelve sons are the miry clay, because Abraham mixed with the Egyptian Hagar. The strong Hebrew word for nation means a foreign nation, a Gentile, a troop of animals, or a flight of locusts, a Gentile, heathen, nation, or people. So we can see that the word is pointing to a flight of locusts by a heathen people. That will come into play in the fifth trumpet judgment, which is about locusts and scorpions, which came from Arabia. The iron clay feet represent the enemy of Messiah, which he will desolate. Daniel 2.34 says, Thou sawest till a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and break them in pieces. Today, the false religions of Romanism and Islam hide the true gospel from over 3 billion people. Now let's look at some scriptures which use the word mingled regarding the Arabs. Ezekiel 35 points to the hired soldiers of Arabia, Ethiopia, and Libya, and Lydia, and all the mingled people, and Chub, and the men of the land that is in league shall fall with them by the sword. And that's pointing, the mingled people is pointing to the Arabs. Jeremiah 25:24 points to the Arabs, and all the kings of Arabia, and all the kings of the mingled people that dwell in the desert. Jeremiah 50:37 also points to the Arabs, the mercenaries of the Chaldeans. A sword is upon their horses, and upon their chariots, and upon all the mingled people that are in the midst of her, and they should become as women. A sword is upon her treasuries, and they shall be robbed. Scriptures identifying Arabs as a mingled people who are used by kingdom as hired soldiers, and that is what the iron clay feet in Daniel 2 are symbolizing. The Roman popes, the iron, using Arabs, the miry clay, as their mercenary army. You'll see that played out in the fifth trumpet when the Islamic Muslims are released to attack the Middle and Eastern Roman Empire. And then in the sixth trumpet when Turkish armies attack the Eastern Roman Empire and conquer Constantinople. The plot thickens because the Roman Catholic Church didn't just hijack Islam, they helped create it. Augustine, the bishop of North Africa, effectively won some Arabs to Catholicism, but many did not convert. At the same time, Messiah's missionaries were preaching the pure gospel in North Africa, Asia Minor, and other places. Satan didn't want the Arabs to know the true path of salvation, so he had the Augustinians create the false religion of Islam to deceive them. The Quran gives Muslims a religious cause so that they don't read the gospel and become saved. There is way too much information to cover to explain how the Roman bishops created Islam. So I will summarize here to give you the big picture of why they did it, and then you can read the whole explanation on this website, which is ironclayfeet.com. Before we answer the question, why was Islam created, let's go back to the story of Abraham and Sarah, who in their old age were promised that they would have a son. 
Sarah scoffed about having a child at her advanced age, and she had Abraham sleep with her Egyptian handmaiden, Hagar, who bore his first son, Ishmael. Sarah then bore Isaac, and when she found Ishmael mocking Isaac, she kicked Hagar and Ishmael out. An angel of Yah the Heavenly Father came to Hagar when she was crying, and he promised her, Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thy hand, for I will make him a great nation. Note that Genesis 21.20 says that Ishmael became a great archer, as you will see that his descendants, the Saracens, were great archers too. And God was with the lad, and he grew, and dwelt in the wilderness, and became an archer. Being archers will come into play in the fulfillment of the fifth trumpet judgment. So what does this have to do with Muhammad and the creation of the false religion of Islam? Isaac bore Jacob, who was named Israel, when he came into a covenant relationship with Yah the Heavenly Father. He had twelve sons who became the twelve tribes of Israel. Ishmael also had twelve sons, through which the great nation of Arabs were born. Messiah was born of the tribe of Judah. Malachi 3.1 calls him the messenger of the everlasting covenant. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, says the Lord of hosts. Muhammad came from the lineage of Ishmael, Abraham's firstborn son, and he became Satan's messenger. Through Muhammad and Islam, Satan took control of the other great nation that descended from Abraham to blind them and use them for his glory. Muslims repeat the mantra of there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. Satan has taken the rejected nation of Ishmael and has hidden the gospel from them. And he is praised when they worship Allah because he is Allah. He is Abaddon. He is Apollyon. Revelation 9.11 says, And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. But in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Romanism and Islam are the two masterpieces of Satan which came out of the bottomless pit of his life. Quran 1.1 states that Allah is the God, the Lord of this world. The praise be to Allah, the Lord of the world. 2 Corinthians 4.4 foretold Satan's strategy, in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believed not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. That is exactly what Satan has done, blinded the minds of people with Romanism and Islam so that they can't see the truth of the gospel. Quran 3.54 and 8.30 state that Allah deceives, and they deceived, and Allah deceived, and Allah is the best deceiver. Revelation 20.10 identifies the deceiver, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Romanism has 1.3 billion Catholics, and Islam has 1.9 billion Muslims. 40% of the world's population are deceived by the two primary false religions that Satan helped create. Are your eyes opening up to the deception? The enemy is the master of using controlled opposition. Islam is Romanism for Arabs. Revelation 17 calls the Roman church the mother of harlots, and Islam is one of the daughter religions that they created. Muhammad was the perfect person to prop up as a prophet. Muhammad was born in 570, but his dad died before his birth. His grandfather possessed the authority of the house of Quraysh, the governors of Mecca. Then his grandfather died when Muhammad was age 8, causing Mecca's governorship to be passed on to someone else. He could have been a star in the house of Quraysh. Instead, it passed over him. No doubt this disturbed Muhammad greatly, and he still desired to take control of Mecca, which set up his mind to be misled by Satan, who proclaimed him as the prophet of God for the people of Mecca and all Muslims. A Catholic woman named Qadiyah was used to fund and persuade Muhammad. He was 25, she was 40, and they married in 595 AD. They had two sons and four daughters. The last daughter is Fatima, the most prominent and honored of them all. 
the deal was rich, so Muhammad didn't have to work, which gave him too much time on his hands, including spending time in the cave of Hera, where he received visions. The Augustinians used Qadiyah's Catholic cousin to help interpret Muhammad's visions, from which came the Quran. We see a clear connection to Islam being created through Muhammad and all of its Catholic influences. The Augustinians exalted Muhammad as the prophet to unite Arabs, and they used the Quran to give them a mission. Islam was designed to mimic Roman Catholicism to kill the same people groups they deemed as heretics. Islam means submission or surrender, defining their mission from the Catholic Church to make war against heretics. Muhammadism borrows from Judaism and Christianity, so it appears to be a religion that points to the same God, but has Arabian superstition mixed in to draw in the Arabs. They revere Abraham, Moses, and Messiah as prophets of Allah. Roman Catholicism and Islam both believe in forced conversions by the sword and killing heretics. They both teach the concept of the Immaculate Conception of Mary. Mary is, for the Muslims, the true lady, just like it is in Catholicism. After Fatima's death, Muhammad wrote, Thou shalt be the most blessed of all women in paradise after Mary. These similarities with Mary and Fatima are designed to draw Muslims to the Pope. Roman Catholicism and Islam revere the moon god and sun god. Many Catholic Virgin Mary images show her with a sun symbol behind her head, and she's standing over a crescent moon. And there are many sun worship symbols throughout the Catholic Church, including at St. Peter's Basilica at the Vatican. Islamic mosques have the crescent moon representing the moon goddess and a star for the sun god. You often see pictures with the sun cradled in the Islamic crescent moon symbol, representing their sexual union. We can see that they both use the same Babylonian symbolism on pagan god worship. Roman Catholicism and Islam both use prayer beads. They're used to mark the repetitions of prayers and chants forbidden in scripture. Messiah said, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. In Roman Catholicism, they're used to pray the rosary to the Virgin Mary. In Islam, the beads are used to keep count while saying the prayer of Fatima, a form of prayer offered as a gift by Muhammad to his daughter, Fatima. Roman Catholicism and Islam both have pilgrimages. Roman Catholics flock to the Vatican to visit St. Peter's Basilica. The Hajj represents Muslims going to Mecca, and it's mandatory religious duties for Muslims that must be carried out at least once in their lifetime by an adult Muslims who are physically and financially capable of undertaking the journey. Islam appears to fulfill Bible prophecy about the Antichrist. The Quran was written in such a way as to mimic the description of the Antichrist beast to full undiscerning people. It teaches that the Mahdi will be a powerful, political, military, and religious leader who will emerge in the last days. They say that Muslim Jesus will be a secondary figure who will support the Mahdi during the last days. The Mahdi will supposedly make an Israel peace treaty for seven years through a Levite Jew and will rule for approximately three years and establish an Islamic caliphate from Jerusalem. We see a direct connection between Islam and the false teachings of the Society of Jesus, who both point to a futuristic 70th of Daniel 9 and a one-man Antichrist. And no doubt the Society of Jesus will position someone to seem to fulfill the role to deflect blame away from the Antichrist beats popes. Roman Catholicism and Islam both have holy wars. Both religions are designed to kill their enemies. Catholics have primarily targeted the saints. Islam, historically, has been used to target Orthodox Christians, who have similar beliefs as Catholic Church, but don't acknowledge the Pope as their leader. Islam and Jesuitism teach that deception is acceptable if it's for the glory of God. Islam practices deceit as one of its tools to assist its ascendancy. It has a specific doctrine that allows and even calls for deception to achieve its desired end. The Society of Jesus mantra is, By way of deception, thou shalt do war. 
Islam is Romanism with the Babylonian Judaism twist. It's the false religion that has darkened the world. The Vatican helped to finance the building of these massive Islamic armies in exchange for these favors. The Antichrist peace popes use Muslim mercenary armies to attack people who oppose them, such as Jews and the saints, protect the Augustinian monks and Roman Catholics, conquer additional territory controlled by their enemies, and capture Jerusalem for the pope as he coveted the holy city. History shows that they obtained most of their goals. Muslims in the Roman Catholic Church have battled against each other, so they did not mix well. Daniel said that the iron clay feet would mix, but not cleave to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. In other words, they would be similar enough to respect each other and get along most of the time. And you see Catholic basilicas in Islamic countries, but they're different enough that they would sometimes battle against each other. Muslims and Catholics have battled against each other over territory as the Muslims press forward to expand their control of the world. During the Holy Land Crusades, the Roman popes battled to take back control of Palestine as the Muslims sought to keep possession. Romanism and Islam are designed to be different enough to deceive two huge people groups, but similar enough that they'll join together with the Antichrist peace pope in the one world government. It's heartbreaking to see how Satan has used Romanism and Islam to deceive so many people. We need to pray for Catholics and Muslims who have an encounter with the living Messiah so that they have a covenant relationship with the Heavenly Father. Interestingly, after the fifth and sixth trumpet judgments, the Western Roman Empire is controlled by the popes of Rome, the iron, and the Eastern Roman Empire is controlled by Islam, the clay, headquartered in Istanbul, formerly Constantinople. So we see how the iron clay feet control the land of the former Roman Empire. Next, we'll see how the miry clay, the Arabs, are used by the Antichrist beast popes to carry out Yah, the Heavenly Father's judgments. What the popes do out of spite is used by Yah to make a judgment on apostate people. In the next video, I'll show you the fulfillment of the fifth trumpet judgment. Thank you for listening to this Revelation Timeline Decoded audio. You can request a free copy of the Revelation Timeline Decoded summary PDF or order a printed copy of the book, which explains it in detail, at revelationtimelinedecoded.com. I love y'all. Shalom.